The passage that we are on today is 1 Thessalonians 5. Let's read 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 1 to 11 together. Can we do that? It's on your screen right now. So let's read this together. Ready? 1, 2, 3. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labour pains on a pregnant woman. And they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. Therefore, encourage one another, and build each other up, just as in fact we are doing. Amen. Amen. But wow, what a passage for Father's Day. Let me break this passage to you in four areas. The day, verse 1 to 3, it talks about what is happening about the times and dates. The people, verse 4 to 8, who are we, who we are and what we should do. And the God, what God did. And finally, the togetherness in verse 11, it says, therefore, therefore. My main message is on point one. I will spend the most time on this and the last three points will be in passing. So let's go. The day, the day, this is the time and the date. We know very well that we don't know. It comes like a thief in the night. So what date and time are we talking about? This is the day of the Lord as mentioned in verse 2. There's almost 100 mention all over the Bible on that day. Some passage calls it the day of the Lord. Some passage uses the term the day of the Lord's coming and some calls it the great and terrible day of the Lord and so much more. But basically, this day of the Lord is the fulfillment of all the prophecies that concerns the end of the world when the Lord with wondrous power will punish evil and fulfill all His promises. But let's look at one specific mention of the day of the Lord that really caught my attention. Malachi 4 verse 5 and 6, it says, See, I will send the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the father to their children and the hearts of the children to their father, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. Wow! The very last verse in the Old Testament gives us a prophetic promise that before the coming of that great and dreadful day of the Lord, the Lord will send the prophet Elijah that will serve to turn the hearts of the father to their children and the hearts of the children to their father. Elijah will precede the coming of the Lord. And as we look at this prophecy, it reveals the key part 
of God's end time strategy in this verse. You know, the funny thing or the thing that blows my mind is this. I would think God's end time strategy will be something like, you know, of a greater impact like governments. Let's change governments or religion or even education. You know, when the, uh, when the prophet Elijah come, they will influence the minds of people to have a godly and great mindset. But, you know, something of a greater or bigger impact. But here, God doesn't highlight the restoration of government, religion or education or whatever else that's of a bigger impact. But He focuses on this very fundamental building block that God has established from the very beginning in the garden called the family. This is an amazing promise that before the coming of the Lord, God will release an anointing over families to turn hearts of father to children and hearts of children to father. This is an hour when God is revealing His fatherhood to the nations. Fathers, you are at the very centre of this end time narrative. And because it's Father's Day, I will be focusing a lot more on the part of the father as I share today. God wants to restore His Father's heart to men in the church. Even if you're very young, even if you're a boy here right now watching this, you are part of this plan. You know, because there are too many, too, too, there are times where we serve God in church, but we neglect our family, we neglect our children, our spouse, our parents at home. Or we can be building our ministries but we lack the Father's heart in running our ministries. In 1 Corinthians 4 verse 15, the Apostle Paul says, For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Men. Take on the Father's heart of God. Be fathers to your biological children. Be fathers to the body of Christ, even at your workplace, in your neighbourhood, and in everything you do. Be fathers. Take on this Father's heart of God. Be fathers through the gospel. It is not just in your own ability, but it is through the gospel. At the same time, I understand that fathers are going through a lot in this pandemic. You know, Focus on the Family came out with this data recently. In 2020, a research study explored the effects of coronavirus pandemic on family life across cultures. And the key highlights of this research finding for Malaysia is 91.8% parents in Malaysia experience a higher level of severe and extreme depression. Serious! 91.8% parents are going through depression or higher percentage. 92.8% of parents in Malaysia experience a higher level of severe and extremely severe stress. Wow, not only depression, stress also. Fathers in Malaysia experience a higher degree of severe and extremely severe depression than mothers. 
fathers are going through a lot. Of course, the other effects of coronavirus, the pandemic on this um, on families is anxiety, anger, unpredictable situations, financial difficulties, family issues. Wow, that's a lot. There is so much brokenness in families. It could be financial, it could emotion, be emotional. There can be so much other issues. But fathers are not the only one feeling the stress. There's an assault on children. When schools were allowed to open physically early this year, school had an exam for the previous year, meaning if you are um, someone in standard six, they take an exam for standard five. The results came back and there was a significant drop in the performance of students nationwide. For almost every single subject, there is a significant decline in their results. That means we have a generation of children in Malaysia who own, who over the last one and a half years since this pandemic, they are losing out on learning academically. But the more gripping thing for me is this, not only are children losing out academically, many children are no longer in children's church all over Malaysia. Many churches either have YouTube or Zoom sessions for their children ministry, but due to whatever circumstances that families are going through, a lot of children are no longer engaged with any church. And that means a generation of children is growing up without knowing who God is. And that is a scary thought. Of course, it's not across the board, but many children are losing out. Men. This is a season where we need you to rise up as fathers. Turn your heart to your children. Your children need you to rise up, especially in spiritual things, and to take hold of the purposes of God and be church for them in this lockdown right now so that they do not lose their faith or lose experiencing who God is. You know, last week my family anchored a session in a Malaysian United Firewall Worship Time. And my husband shared this as head of the family. The things of the Spirit cannot be delegated to the wife. I really honour him for saying that. Because in this season of what we are all going through, the role of men and fathers are so important, especially in spiritual things. Don't leave it just to us wives. And older men, your children might have grown up, but you have a role in the spiritual house to sow into younger men and help them be good fathers too. Because too many people have been hurt by other leaders in churches. It is a time to turn the hearts of the father to their children and the hearts of children to their father, whether physical family or spiritual family, we need to turn our hearts. We need reconciliation in families. We live in a generation where both parents and child have failed each other. Parents have failed their children and children have failed their parents. But God will reconcile hurting relationship in biological families and in spiritual families. God is going to restore fatherhood in homes. God is going to restore fatherhood in churches. God is going to put His 
Father's heart in us so that we can lead the next generation to Christ. God is going to take hard-hearted men and make them tender. Ezekiel 36 verse 26, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. The evil one is coming against family. The evil one is an expert in making fathers turn against children, children turn against father, father against wife, wife against husband. You know, he's been doing it for centuries. But the good news is that God has a plan. It's called the spirit of Elijah resting on the Christian homes for the Holy Spirit to restore every family. How can fathers turn their hearts to the children? There are many things that you can do, but due to time, I'll share two very basic things, but yet very challenging for men to do. One, forgive. Two, pray. Yeah, forgiveness. Yes, we have heard it. It's something that churches have talked about a lot. But you can only turn your heart to each other when you forgive. When you stop holding the wrong you have done to each other and when we surrender it to God, turn our hearts. There are parents who have sacrificed their time with their children in order to achieve success and their children that have held their parents to the wrong that they have done because they were not there. And some of us are both. We have children, um, we are the children that holds our parents to the wrong, but yet at the same time, we are parents that's making the same mistakes to our children. Parents, it needs to start from you. Fathers need to first turn their hearts to their children. When the Malaysian United Firewall decided to extend the first time, and yes, I'm talking so much about this MUFW because it's such a powerful thing that just happened all globally over Malaysia. You know, when that extension happened, Pastor Lee Chu shared to the next generation of leaders in tears, she started to apologize to the younger generation and said the older generation have failed them and have not passed the spiritual baton onto them. When she's, what she did was so, so powerful to the next generation. You know, and one of the leaders there said she has never heard an older generation apologize for their failings to the next generation. What Pastor Lee Chu did was something that empowered the next generation. We have to turn our hearts to our children. We need to be willing to ask them for forgiveness for our mistakes, not just simply say sorry, but in the presence of God, we pass on something spiritual to the next generation. The three simple words, I am sorry, coming from an older generation, can change the heart of a child. Children, and I'm not talking about children age, you know, so long as you have a parent, you are a child. You too need to forgive. You have held on long enough. Surrender it to God. Forgive. The thing is, whatever you do not forgive your parents for, you get to keep. Let me repeat that. Whatever you do not forget, for whatever you do not forgive your parents for, 
you get to keep. Whatever you don't forget, forgive your dad, forgive your mom, you can reproduce it in your life. We need to quickly ask for forgiveness so that it will not bind us like how it has bound them. And so forgive. The first thing, forgive. Second thing is prayer. When God created man, He gave them the mandate to subdue the earth to the husband and wife. Subdue the earth and multiply. But the evil one knows that when husband and wife pray together and come together in the grace of God and refuse to give up and contend for their marriage covenant, contend for their children, power is released. The day of just the wife being prayerful and spiritual and the husband dull in their spirit is shifting. This is an hour made for men who will get in the game to take their position. And you know, Pastor Isaac spoke the, over the last two services um, this weekend on taking your position. Check out the sermon. It's a powerful sermon. So men, take your position. Most prayer rooms are filled with women. But there is something when men comes together in community and resists the spirit of the age. Nothing replaces a man walking through his house praying. Nothing replaces a man singing praises through the hall of his home, through the bedrooms of his daughter and son. You know, in Genesis, Abraham walked the land and built altars. Those altars that he built, his children and grandchildren had prophetic encounters there. Men, start singing in the Spirit in your homes. Start praying in your homes. Start doing something. You are men. You are made for war. It is time you get into the battle. We need a group of men, men who will say, not my children, not on my watch. We need a group of men who will put on the armour of God and go to war for their families. We need prayerful men of God who gets fired up in their spirit to put down their phones, and to prayer walk their homes, to prayer walk their neighbourhood, to let the fire of God get in their spirit. Find other men who you can pray together with. And even if you can't, can't find someone else, just start praying. You know, my husband and I recently took part in this 40-day global Yeshua fast. And we decided to pray together as a couple every day. We actually have not prayed together as a couple consistently um, for a long time. Um, because we actually still pray with our children every day after their quiet time, but not together as a couple. But as we started praying together daily, you know, sometimes, some days we'll pray for the firewall prayer. Some days we'll pray for family, global issues, Malaysia for COVID, you know, whatever. We, we just started praying. It didn't just pray for us. We just prayed for everything. When we did this, something happened to our marriage. You know, there are certain challenges that we felt is impossible to resolve in our marriage and that we concluded that's just life, you know. There's something that we just have to live with. 
we went to the enemy's camp and we took back what he stole from my marriage. We didn't sit down and solve issues. We just prayed together and we focused beyond ourselves. Yes, we also prayed for our marriage, but we focused, we aligned ourselves to God's purposes and God did the work in only 40 days. There was something that happened in my marriage. So much so that we decided to continue praying as a couple and make it a discipline and a lifestyle for us. Husband, you need to start praying with your wives too and contend for your marriage covenant. Don't let your wife initiate, you lead. And wives, please don't use this to criticize your husband. Pray with your kids as well. Start declaring over your children what they are made for and what you know to be true. Do not place shame on them. We need to get fire and fire is contagious. So that excitement for Jesus into your child's life. You know, today in the midst of this pandemic and everything that is happening around us, whether economically, politically, socially, when the hearts of the father turn to their children and the hearts of children turn to their father, could it be like, like what Malachi 4, 6 says, that the curse will be lifted from this land? Wow! Could it be the curse will be lifted from this land? But let me come back to 1 Thessalonians 5 right now. The day... This day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night with great destruction and no one can escape. Then here comes my second point, the people. Verse 4 to 8, it says, But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober for those who sleep, sleep at night and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. So what does this passage say about people? It talks about, you know, the people, who you are and who you are not. In this passage, if you go through this passage, you'll see that it says you are children of light and of the day. Interesting that you use children as well, father and child. If you are a child, it means you have a father. God is our father and we are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, so don't hide. We are children of light and day. We are not in the dark. We are not in the dark. If you feel like you're in the dark, you're getting lost in the darkness. You're, you're, you're like overwhelmed by just everything that's around you. You don't even know where you are going. Let me tell you this. You are not in darkness. You are children of light. What else does it say? You belong to the day. The day shines light and you can see. Come to alignment to the Father. You know, He will bring clarity to all the confusion that you are going through. You do not belong to the night or to the darkness. This is not your place to dwell. Do not let chaos, the chaos that's happening all around us, cause us to feel like we belong here. You do not belong here. Wake up! Let us be awake and sober. You know, in another version, it says, let us be alert and self-control. 
Let's wake up to the things of the Spirit. Let us be alert and self-controlled because the enemy is always putting out, you know, always out to pull us down to the dark. But we are awake. We are awake. We are not like those that are asleep. We are not like those that are asleep. You are not asleep. Do not dull your spirit with all this mess that is going on, with all these physical things that is going on. Open your eyes. Wake up. Open your spiritual eyes because this is a very real battle. The spiritual war is intensifying and we have to be ready for battle. Verse 8, it says, take, take on the armour of God. You know, we need to be geared up with the full armour of God. And here there is a mention of the breastplate of righteousness, which is expressed out through faith and love and the helmet of salvation. There is a spiritual battle. Get ready for battle. But let me move on to my third point because I'm running out of time. The God, in verse 9 and 10, it says, The God, um, for God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may, we may live together with Him. The God. What we are, you know, we are doing this amazing series with Pastor Chew every Saturday and on Wednesday, whichever you're signed on, on Revelation. And we've learned so, so much. This is actually the passage where he talks about whether it's, you know, pre-trip, mid-trip, post-trip or pre-wrath. Um, for those who have been on, you know what I'm talking about. And he um, unpackages this passage in such clarity. So I will not go into this much and look at it right now. I want to encourage you to just continue to enjoy the Revelation series. And if you, you are not in the Revelation series, get the book because he covers this there. It's an amazing book. You've got to get it. So my final point, my final point is the togetherness. We have the day, the people, the God and the togetherness. Verse 11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. We need to come together. Don't be in isolation. Yes, we have many restrictions right now. We need these restrictions and we must follow SOP and act wisely. But this is a season to encourage one another and build each other up. Don't be disconnected. Reach out. Connect, connect, connect. But I'm out of time right now. So the day, the people, the God, the togetherness. I'm going to end today a little different. Right now, can I just invite all of you to stand up? I know you're comfortable in your home and you're doing a lot of things, but I would like you to stand up. And right now, can I just invite the Father to come forward to the screen one step? Or you could be, you desire to be a father. You're not a father yet, but you desire to be a father. I want you to come forward to the screen one step as well. You don't have to come all the way up to the screen, but just approach a little closer to the screen right now. And I want to invite the rest of the family to surround the head of the house right now. If your father is not there, I want you to just take out your hands and visualize your father being there. And I want you to pray for him shortly. The weight that is on a father's shoulder might not, might not be obvious to us. And we don't know the battles that they are fighting, especially during this season of pandemic. 
But today, God wants to turn our hearts, restore and build up your family. It starts with the head of the house. And so even as we go into worship, I want to get the rest of the family to just speak life to your father right now. And like if your father is not there, just speak life over him. Those whose father is not there, call him after this service and pray for him. It's Father's Day. But right now, let me just close in prayer. And as we enter worship, I want to just encourage you to pray for your father. Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, you see all these fathers that are standing, that has moved forward. Lord, we pray that your anointing and your rest will come upon them right now. You know what's going on within them. Lord, turn their hearts right now, Jesus. Turn their hearts, Lord Jesus. Unite the family once again. Lord, you see the brokenness even in some of these families. Lord, come and fill them, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, take over. We commit and surrender every family into your mighty hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Our prayer room is also open. You see the link below. Do come into our prayer room if you need prayer or not right now. I just want to encourage all of you as we enter this time of worship to pray for your fathers. Thank you, Jesus. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. It is the blood of Jesus that unites family together. Thank you for joining us today. If you need prayer, go to the link below. But right now, I just want to release you and bless every family that made the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you and your family. God bless you to all the fathers out there. Blessed Father's Day. We will see you again. God bless.